0: Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers distilled a new nation and brought forth bourbon, the water of life. So grab a glass and join Paul, A.J. and J.C. on another episode of Bourbon with Friends.
1: Hello and welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Today is a special day for us because we're going to incorporate something that we haven't done before that's very much part of the Kentucky Culture, very much a part of whiskey culture. Um, And what better way to do it than a 10-time world equestrian champion and the most decorated Bradshaw of the Bradshaw family. Erin Bradshaw, (laughs) how are you?
2: Thank you.
1: (laughs) So the first question, we have to ask this one. Is your dad jealous that you have more titles than he does?
2: You know, I think sometimes it stings just a little bit. Um, I've actually won over 30 world titles. Oh, oh no! So. <laughs> uh, but Man, yeah, he, we definitely sometimes have a little bit of a back and forth with that because I was telling him, "You stopped at four, I'm still going."
0: So <laughs> you just you can just walk in with all the rings and the belts and be like, "I win."
1: Yeah. I don't think she yeah. can bear hug that much.
0: <laughs> so, yeah,
2: I,
1: I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Walking with the walking instead of a turkey, she walks in with a platter of Thanksgiving. She's like, "Look, Dad."
2: Yeah, all I my trophies. Really, but I am generous with it. Whenever his horses win, my husband and I, whenever we go see him, we make sure that we bring him his trophies that his horses won. But that's just because our trophy shelf is full. But Don't tell him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can start giving to him his Christmas gifts every year. Exactly. You this. We Here actually
2: you did do that a year ago. We gave him all of his horses awards. I was like, hey, we're giving all these back to you and your office.
0: <laughs> I, no, I know you only got a few trophies decided. up there.
1: What's what's really funny is it's like wow, I, I you can see the correlation of yeah. how this is his daughter now. Yeah. <laughs> the apple didn't fall far from the tree, did no, it did
2: not.
1: So so obviously your dad, we we have a we've had a relationship, we've had him on the show, we have a really good relationship with with the the, the Bradshaw Bourbon brand. Um, uh, we've done some stuff, and hopefully we're going to do some more stuff in the future with with that, but. The football background and everything like that that your dad had how did you really get into horses and the love of horses because you know he he's not from kentucky he i you know i don't he's not from necessarily a traditionally horse state so how did that really come about and then how did that love for you kind of spiral into all the success
2: yeah so you know my dad actually he got into horses um through an old friend of his his name is joe walker And, um, he was a Joe Walker is a huge staple in the American quarter horse association. Um, he owned a a really, really famous foundation quarter horse named Jackie B. Um, and so my dad kind of befriended him. And when my dad got out of the NFL or retired from the NFL, he bought a ranch out in Louisiana. And so he started, you know, that was his first ranch that he purchased and he started buying horses for it and cattle for it. And then when I came along, probably, you know, uh, I, I'd say he owned it a few years before I was born. When I was like five years old, I would, we, we had, we sold, or we kept that ranch and we bought a ranch in Westlake, Texas, which is where I was born and raised right. with my sister. And, um, we had a bunch of horses and I would just always be going to the, to the barn with my dad. My dad just instantly picked up that love of horses. But at the time we kind of more so owned him as pets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so then he kind of started migrating and showing them a little bit. And when I was like three years old, I just I got the bug, and I just would always be at the barn. And when I turned five, the only thing I wanted to do before I even really learned how to walk was ride a horse. Um, That's great. <laughs> taking me down to the barn and you know like kind of showing me around just to kind of see how much of that I would kind of pick up on. And I just got glued to it. Um, and so he at the time he ended up hiring um, a, a guy named Chad Wing, who's actually still my dad's ranch manager today. He's been with my dad for 35 years, and um, his wife was kind of him and Chad were or Chad and his wife were like our in-house trainers. And my dad just kind of graduated into it, and I just jumped right into it. But I wanted to ride them, you know, I right I to be on their back. I didn't want to like show them standing on the ground. And all that kind of stuff. So he put me in riding lessons and, um, over at a place called Rocky Top Therapy. It was like a therapeutic riding center. Okay. And I just, I immediately caught on to it. So he bought, (laughs) he bought me a horse named Skipper for my birthday that year. And I put like all these bows in her hair and go <laughs> rider and she bucked off and like I'll never forget I mean the shit went flying all the bows came out of the hair I was in the dirt my dad was like oh my god like what in the world have we gotten her into we're gonna get her killed you know what I mean <laughs> and so that was when he went back to our trainer and they're like you really need to like get into the show horse world which is what we do like the equestrian world. Um and so he bought me my first show horse his name was Socks. And I got him on Christmas day. My dad walked him up our driveway and I was just completely hooked after that. And my dad was really into the breeding, which is what he does today. And I'm sure he's talked a bunch about that. He owns like 200 head of brood mares, very similar to the farms in Kentucky, a huge 900 acre ranch in Oklahoma. And he really, really loved the breeding side of things, but I loved the showing side. I wanted to be on their backs. I wanted to win. I had that. I have that competitiveness that my dad had from playing football. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I wanted to do was compete. And so I started at, when I was five years old and I just kind of started moving my way up from there. Um, and in 2010 was when I won my first world title and I've won, um, I've won that particular world show. I'm going on my eighth year in a row of winning that class undefeated. Um, and so my dad, like he breeds and raises them and then I showed them. So it's a really cool kind of family business and a huge staple of it is my husband. He's the horse trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he trains all of them for my dad and, you know, we just kind of worked our way up from there, you know? So.
1: No, that's really cool. Um, and then the other thing you can go after your dad and you'd be like, Hey dad, I've never lost one.
2: <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm going on eight years straight. <laughs> I'm not knock on some wood. I <laughs> like a month, watch TV second.
1: <laughs> no, no, we're not gonna speak that into into existence at all. We're not
0: gonna talk about that. That is eight.
1: So so I and I know look, where where you live in Kentucky, we're guilty of it. It's like, oh, if it's not made in Kentucky, if the horse doesn't come from Kentucky, guess what? It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um so- and I know that's not necessarily the case, but you you guys have made lots of trips up to, to this part of the world through through the horses and stuff, haven't you?
2: Right. Yeah. We've um my dad, we've gone up a few, we've gone to the Derby like three or four times. Um, and the last time that we were in Kentucky, we did all of the tours of like Windstar, all the horse ranches. Nice. And my dad for a few years was in the racehorse business. Um, he owned a horse named Gradar that actually ran in the Derby. Um, no, I think, I'm sorry. He owned Gray Art. I think Mission Impossible was the one that ran the Derby. It was, they were both gray. Um, I might have to be corrected there, but he, he was doing the race for at least five years. Um, he had a really cool partner and, and I, I really followed him closely when he did that because, you know, while there's different aspects of the horse world, it, it, it essentially all comes together. Um, you know, with the foundation being the horses themselves. And so right. that was something that's really fun. I've, I've, him and I, when he was doing that, we've gone to Kentucky many times. Absolutely love it. It's beautiful there. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we were really deep rooted in that for a while too.
1: Yeah. That I remember, I think I actually remember that horse for some reason. I
2: think so. it was, it was mission the name. In, yeah. And
1: it's because of the names. I don't remember the other one, but the mission impossible.
0: Yeah, whatever. That, that, one I remember. that one stands out in my mind.
2: Yeah, I I think he was the the one that ran in the Derby. And then I think Gradar was the one that won some of those other prestigious races. It wasn't the Derby, um, but he had won a couple of those grade one races. Um, I probably ran it like Keenum and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So one of the ways that I actually got in started getting more into whiskey was through horse racing. I would go to Keeneland. It's a staple. Uh, it's a it is a staple. Oh, yeah. you don't, if you yeah. don't drink whiskey at Keeneland, people look at you funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and especially when they're your judgmental asshole friends, because they yeah. really look at you. Like, they're like, what the shit is that? And like, I don't yeah. know, something. It's like it's like pink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and throw it's the so umbrella crazy. away. Get you yeah. a whiskey. So it's really fun. Like we've always had this like adoration for that. And and so um I grew up also loving horses. Like I had friends that did jumping, um, they they were competing and things like that, uh, show horses. And so my love of horses came from that aspect as well. I used to ride and, and, and do all that growing up. And I obviously got away from it in my older years, but it's something that I love to do. And I know, most of the people kind of in this world i, I mean how many you, the bottles and things that you see that we even find with horses on them or on top of the it, bottles it's, it's, it's just, just it's a
0: tradition i mean you got a whole pinhook it's a heritage yeah so you, you take pinhook and they name every one of their bottles after a different horse yep and that's the whole behind pinhook so it's it's yep. in line and everything you see in urban world is linked somewhere
2: it's all in horse racing world
1: yeah so so have you competed? He, did you compete at Alltech?
2: No. You know, we've gone to shows in Kentucky, but a lot of our, a lot of our big horse shows, mm-hmm. they're attracted into some of the big equestrian centers here. Um, there is a really big show in Kentucky. We've been out there a few times. Um, and then when COVID hit last year, a lot of them got canceled. And so this year, they're kind of like building all that back up. Um, but a lot of like our big world shows, um, they're on contract with those facilities, which you guys know how that is. Yeah. Yep. Kentucky. Um, I know a, a lot of it is, they're just so booked with the jumping or the races and things like that. Um, but there, the, there's a huge incentive. It's called the Kentucky, Kentucky bread incentive. So in what we do, if any horse, if you buy a horse that was bred in Kentucky, you get like an own an own set of like I think for every point that they win, it has a dollar amount that goes with it. Um, so that's a huge incentive too in our industry, which even though it's not horse racing, it just goes to show you how big Kentucky is tied into the the deeper to the equestrian world. Because even for what we do, if you buy a Kentucky bred horse and it'll have a stamp on their papers that says that you they can win for every point that they earn there's a monetary dollar amount that goes with that. So it's, it's pretty cool how that works. Nope. Um and there's Worst a lot of, of really world. really big breeders in Kentucky um that I know really really well. Um one of them is Cross Creek Farms and uh uh a lot of big stallions are out there as well. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: Pretty yeah. Pretty but cool that's well why know. when you see on your program there's F- C- actually is a stamp on every horse. This is for thoroughbred racing, at least. Yep. But there's a stamp that says Kentucky Bread. I, yeah. I mean, I've um,
1: seen it, but I didn't know it had yeah, that much. I didn't much, know what that meant.
0: Yeah, I didn't yeah. know it had that much background behind it. Like, I, I that's kind inter- yeah, of interesting. I thought it was like,
1: duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yep. You know, it was have just have like the, the honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, and too. we do it, Um. I believe that Kentucky Bread runs through the American Paint Horse Association, as well as the American Quarter Horse Association, so it's a big part of what we do. Um, we just, you know, there are a lot of shows out there. We just have to kind of pick and choose what we can right. do at the year. But no, it, it, it's a very big, um, it's a very big, big area. And then actually where we live in Aubrey, um, they call it mini horse country USA. So actually outside of Kentucky, Aubrey, Texas and Pilot Point where we live is, um, I, it's either the, it's the second most populated horse area in the United States, so outside of Kentucky, wow. it, it's considered the next horse country USA, which nice.
0: is nice. Yeah. So did you have a question? Before? Oh, I was just going to ask, do y'all branch out to anything like the cross country aspects or the hunter jumper dressage? Or do yeah, you kind of
2: Yeah, we don't really breed for um, the cross country and the dressage. That's a whole different breed of horses yeah. Use a lot of the warm bloods and stuff. But actually, one of my uh, the hunter jumping world, you can cross over to, Um, so we're allowed through the American Quarter Horse Association and the American Paint Horse Association. There's only three outcrosses you can breed and thoroughbreds are one of them. So you can breed a thoroughbred, a thoroughbred to a paint horse or a quarter horse and still get one registered within our association. Um, so a lot of the people in our, we have all of the jumping. Um, and actually one of my best friends that introduced me to my husband, his name is Ryan Painter. He is very, very big in the hunter jumper world. So he'll, He'll show the hunter jumpers over in our association, but he he'll also go and do like you were saying, um, just the hunter jumper shows. So you can cross over in that aspect and do both, which is pretty cool.
1: And I, this is why we wanted to have someone like you on because this is all shit I didn't know.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, like you understand, and, and it was it, it's there's a lot of aspects to 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 things that I think people don't understand the preparation for. So right. how much more deeper right. it actually so, goes So for a lot know. of the people obviously that that love you know this kind of stuff and what you do and just horses in general, whether it's racing, showing, jumping, what, what have you, what's the preparation look like? Like how many how many hours are you kind of putting in and, and what is that whole training process looks like? Because I know a lot of people probably don't even have a clue what that entire, you know, scope would be so
2: you know, we're a lot similar. Um, like if you go to the dressage and hunter jumper world, where that's all that they do, they normally won't start their horses until they're like four and five years old. They start them way, way older in age. We're a lot like the thoroughbreds in the racing. We we show them as two-year-olds. Um, that's the earliest for riding events um, as two-year-olds and three-year-olds. And that's where all the money's at. So all of our futurities, which is what pays the big money, you aim for there's two-year-old maturity classes and the three-year-old maturity classes are probably the biggest, most high paying classes that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have stuff for yearlings um, and weanlings, but it, it's like if you show a baby, it's more of like, it's almost like if you're showing cattle, you just kind of, they judge them off their confirmation. So you're not really doing much with them. Right. And then if you show them, we do do a little bit of the yearlings, but a lot of what our industry does with the yearlings is very similar to the horse racing. It's a lot of sale prep. Um, you know, you get them up, you fit them up, and that's where a lot of people will buy their, what we call prospects to go on to have a two year old and a three year old. Um, the yearling market is really, really big in what we do. Um, cause a lot of people will say, well, heck, once someone has it in training, they want 150,000 for it. Or I can get into a yearling for twenty five thousand and take more of a gamble, and then put it in training myself and see it through. Um, so that the two year old and three year old market is probably the, the higher end. That's where the money is at. And then obviously after they graduate, a little bit different from what we do. Aside from the racing, is they have a career well on through their four year old, five year old. I mean, you can they can show until they're twenty 20 years old if, if their soundness, you know, and their physical mm-hmm. allows it um that i would say the average retirement for what we do is probably like 15 18 years old just depending on what the horse is showing um but as far as the training you know my husband it is a 7 day a week job um my husband's in the barn every day by 7:30 um and he comes in you know sometimes not till 6:30 it just depends on if we have a show that we're prepping for kind of what's going on um if it's colt season, which is the time of year that we break out our colts right. to teach them how to ride and things like that. Um we normally start our, our colts um in January of their 2-year-old year. And a lot of that too, you know, it, they have to be they have to have the stamina to be able to do it, similar to the race horses. If they're fine-boned or if it's a maiden mare, which means it's that mare's first foal, mm-hmm. a lot of those babies will come out a little bit smaller. So you might hold them back as a three-year-old and start them later in the year. Um, but very similar to horse racing our our young ones that are big, they're strong, they're built big enough to do it. Um, and they've got the stamina to do it. We'll start them in January of their two-year-old year. year. Um, and you just kind of, you kind of just take each horse as its own and see, you know, it'd be like if you started a workout program, you know, we can take right off in it. And some people it might take them six months to build up to a certain workout. Um, So we just kind of have to assess each horse individually. And that's kind of what my husband does. Um, But it's, uh, I would say from the time that you start one to the time you finish one to get it to show, it's it's well of a year, Um, especially with what we do. um, Everything that we do is out of our feet. So like when we ride a horse, we never lift our hands up. So everything... Um, That my husband teaches the horses, which is something that he's so talented at doing. I'm like, how do you teach him to do this? (laughs) On his feet, and where do you place them and things like that. So everything you ask the horse to do, whether it's stop, go, lope, trot, anything is all out of your feet. So we never use our hand, which is something really, really cool and talented that it takes a really special person like my husband to be able to do. And um, it's a very... It's a very in-depth training process, but it's also very neat to watch the process unfold. So
0: it is really. Do they follow the same birthday situation like thoroughbred? Like yes, so
2: horses all go on a calendar year. Okay. So, um, and same with the thoroughbred. Like, we have very many similarities with that. You want we want our babies born January, February, March. We're not yeah. a close to April and May babies. But if you think about it, a, a, a horse born January 15th versus one born May 25th, that horse has got five months of growing. Yep. When you factor in, like you fast forward to their two-year-old year, well, that two-year-old that was born in almost June is going to be five months behind the ones born in yep. Right. Yep.
0: So, yep.
2: What we try to do with our really good proven mares is get them on an early breeding schedule because we'd love for those babies to be born January, February. And like you said, that's very similar in horse racing. They want them born January. They want to be able to race them and have them big and strong enough to start out. Um, and it's not that you dock them for being born later, but a lot of times if we have a mare full end of May, we might leave that mare open, which means she doesn't have a baby the following year so that we can reset her breeding schedule for an early breeding next year.
1: There's just so much behind there a it.
2: Lot of, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. much behind. But there are a lot of rules, similar with the jockey club and the thoroughbreds. Um, horses cannot be born before de- December 31st. So, if a horse is born in December, then come January 1, that baby is considered a yearling, even though yeah. it's not because they go by calendar. Um, and there are rules like in what we do, and I'm, I think the thoroughbreds put a date on it as well. We are not allowed to open our breeding season. And ship semen on a stallion before the second week of first or second week of February because a horse's gestation cycle is 11 months. So you have to factor the 11th month cycle. So you always open breeding season the first to second week of February.
1: See, this is why the correlation between horses and, and, <laughs> and, and whiskey, yeah. just like she's saying.
2: And we drink a lot. Do it too because it's stressful. <laughs> even better. See, and
1: there's another correlation. There look you at that, yep. look, just when she was saying, like, it has to be born by December certain 31st. Times. I'm sitting here going, like, it's bottled in bond, it's like, oh yeah, my god, certain yeah, rules, yeah. Certain, yeah. Season, yeah, certain, certain seasons, rules, yeah. things, everything. And that's but I, but you see why. And I think a lot of people who love whiskey and love horses and don't necessarily know the correlation and kind of how it happened because. That's probably a lot of that was handed down, you know, through the yep. generations here and stuff. Yep. And uh, that's just so cool because, it, you know, it's just like with music and things like that. There's so many correlations in a in an art form and, yes. and producing that.
2: Well, like, when so I cool. think of songwriting, I think of Nashville and I think of, because oh, my sister does, you know, the Nashville mm-hmm. songwriting. And what do they do? They sit around and they drink whiskey while they songwrite. Yep. Um And that's, you know, even
1: why one, there's so much whiskey in all country music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, even what
2: we do, it's a very, right. you know, it is, it is a, it's a rich man's sport as people call it. A lot of the people that there's a lot of people in our industry um, that just want to be the owner. And so it's a very big drinking industry. People, um, you know, they have their bourbon, their whiskey. That's a big part of like our, in our uh Industry as well, besides beer, obviously, um, and a lot of people. That's that's the sh- It's a very big social aspect. People, mm-hmm. you know, they they come to the horse show, they pay their trainer, and a lot of times it's my husband, and they want to show up. They just want to watch their horse show. They bring their whiskey, they bring their wine or their beer. They go sit in the coliseum, they watch their horse show, they drink, they have fun. Um, and you know, when we have our big sales, um, just similar in the thoroughbreds as well the number one thing that they have is open bars because mm. when people drink, they,
1: they spend more money. spend more
2: money. Yep. So you'll see a lot of people walking around liquored up, you know, and that's when horse sales go down. You know, they're like, well, you know what? You want to give 75000 for it? or I'm going to give a hundred for it. And so,
1: <laughs> just
2: you know, a- deal with all of that as well. I, I like to sit back and watch that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that actually would actually be really funny to be a fly yeah. on the wall just to see all that play out. So how is... How is, and we'll talk about like the brand and kind of how that's changed, yeah. you know, maybe your thought, but how is like the, the, the TV show that you guys are part of and, you know, we're on season two. So, yes. so obviously it's been really well we received and, and everything like that. And so how has that kind of changed what you do from like the horse's perspective? I, I guess that made it harder. Is it, you know, shedding more light on that and just kind of overall how that's changed kind of the dynamic of your life?
2: You know, it's been, it's been a really cool experience. We're on season two of the Bradshaw Bunch. Um, you know, as far as our life, I will say it's very, it's a whole nother world of what we do. And, you know, horses, you have to, you have to live that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, you know, one of the biggest challenges has been finding the balance because horses are such a hands-on every day of your life commitment. It's not something that you can call a coworker and say, Hey, can you fill in for me? Um, and so, you know, that's something that my husband and I really had to kind of strategically structure is, you know, when we're going to be on the road showing and, you know, just when, when you're going to be on the road showing, you also have to factor in all the prep time that leads up to a horse show, right. you know, getting getting the horses ready, getting them clipped, getting the trailers loaded, the trucks washed, um, getting all of those ducks in a row to leave. So it has, we have shed a lot of light on it. Um, the only difference is we have kind of filmed a lot of this in our off season before things get too busy, just because there, it would be nearly impossible for us to be on the road like we are or like we will be in June and July and film full time. Um, but we have brought the cameras into the barns and tried to really kind of show people um, in a constructive way, an educational way like what we what we do. But, you know, it's also like a fine line because. You know, you look at the NFR and it's like, God forbid you rope a cow anymore. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you can't film us doing this or that because there's, I feel like nowadays so many people that you make post
1: things, things that your lifestyle hero.
2: or what you do every day. Um, you know, they, I, I've always made sure with the show, I have, I've had to kind of educate them on right. how to show it to the public that doesn't know anything about what we do so that they understand it as well. Um, right. So that's one thing my dad and I have done. You know, him and I have walked through the barns together and we try to tone down our lingo, you know, like not saying colts and mares and full heat and this and that because people don't understand that. So while we do shed a lot of light on it, um, we're having to almost kind of like dumb it down a little bit mm-hmm. as it is on e network. You know, that's not a viewer base that would really understand it in its full capacity, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. It's not on discovery wild. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, but we have featured it, you know, last year with COVID, we got so shut down with everything as far as horse shows and stuff that we didn't really have the opportunity to do much with it besides featuring things at the ranch. So this season we've definitely, my dad and I have done a lot more in the barns and my husband and I did a lot here filming with us riding and things like that. Just trying to kind of show people what we do. Um, and I'm hoping they can make it to one of our world shows at the end of June, but we'll kind of see, um, they, you know, they still have a lot of COVID regulations on their mm-hmm. end of things, even though we're wide open. Um, cause that all comes from Warner brothers. So that's where it gets a little tricky too. Um, you know, they still have their rules and regulations, whereas we're just like back at
1: it. Oh. You're, well, it's Texas.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's,
1: it's Texas. And it's a great place.
2: But, I mean, even that later- State.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we, yes. so we actually make the joke that there's JC and then there's Texas JC. Texas, yes. J- Texas J- JC is a very happy person. Like he said nice things to us. He <laughs> hugged us. He <laughs> went, bought us drinks, and we're just like, who the shit are you? <laughs>
0: And he looked like a little kid staring out the window. He's like, The sky's bigger here. And I'm like, <laughs> no. oh <my>
2: God.
1: <laughs> I'm like, There's a song about that, dummy.
2: Yeah, literally <laughs> I sung it and
1: you all did not join in. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're going back to Texas. We're gonna do some more stuff down there in September. He's really excited to go back. Oh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. I love Texas. Yeah. It's a great it's a great state.
2: Oh, I,
1: I used to go down there with my old job a lot in near Grapevine. Yeah. So I was Oh I, yeah.
2: And That's and I where Rachel in, actually went to high school. My sister, okay. okay.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah I, have, I, mean, I have friends uh, in
2: like no, minutes from
1: there. Okay, yeah, I have friends and family that are all around the DFW area. Yeah, is yeah, exactly. which is
2: like okay. Eight okay. Eight
1: yeah. Yep, my one of my one of my or best friends though. just moved or, from Keller. Yeah, one of my best friends just uh uh they just moved from Keller, so. I used okay, to go I'm to Taylor
2: high
1: school. Okay, there yeah. you go.
2: Small um, world. <laughs> yeah, So
1: yeah, I there was there's this place in South Lake called Central Market, and I just go there and buy all right. yeah, yeah that's right next to South Lake
2: Townstairs. So yeah, yep. you know exactly where we're. Yeah, you're yeah. you're, you're it, right on stopping grounds. Yeah,
1: it's 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 great. And so I love we love going down there and, and, and everything. And I like, you know, I have spots yeah. and people don't understand how cool Texas is. So if you haven't been there, go he yes, he called Baylor go. Stadium a city on a shiny hill. Yeah,
2: <laughs> our governor
1: just made it which is great for
2: y'all he permanently made it where you can take alcohol to go yes yep. oh yes. my God. permanent thing now is alcohol to go I love
1: Texas <laughs> he's like he's he <laughs> on his phone right now apartments and, and then right, and then when we're like hey your daughter's sixteen by the way you oh. can't move yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> so so talk a little bit about like the the brand right and I've seen I, you know, i've we've seen a little bit about uh, you guys doing some stuff out there with that and and I and Full disclosure, you've said this, you know, you're you're not necessarily been the biggest whiskey person, which is which is fine. Not everybody (laughs) has. to be. But how is that? You know, honestly,
2: when my dad, he came out with the bourbon brand, um, you know, and introduced it to us. I'd say it was probably like a year ago. My Mm -hmm. husband loves it. I mean, he actually Ryan gave him a bunch of like the mini bottles from Hawaii Uh home. And I think they're all empty. So I'm like, well, I come there tomorrow, I got to get him another bottle. I'm like, oh my God, like you, know, like, you drink all of these bottles. It
1: um, sounds so- like we should hang out with him someday. Yeah. Yeah. I like so him. we have
2: it on our, we like a bar in our living room and, you know, anyone that comes over that is a whiskey drinker, I'll pour it and they just go crazy over it. And I'm like, that's my dad's bourbon. Um, and I can't tell you how many people... In the horse show community alone have gone on. I had a lady just the other day that bought three cases of it. Wow! Um, It's become huge in the horse world. Um, And a lot of it, and thanks to my husband, because everyone that comes over, he'll give it to them and they just fall in love with it. It's um,
1: won a lot of blind
0: well, tastings, so well, yeah.
1: as you can tell, Yours is we, almost we, gone
2: too. We,
0: we've done we've done some
1: work. On I, there's a yeah. few of the bottles that are empty, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and yeah. a yeah. few of those this I've actually
2: kept a few of them. I have them like on our bar just because they're so gorgeous. I love the design of the label. I, I told Ryan, and you guys did such a good job with that because you almost you don't want to throw it away. You know what I mean? Like when you of yeah. it, I can't tell you how many people. Um, have saved the bottles and they're like, could you get your dad to sign it for me? And I'm like, sure, just, you know, bring it over. And when I go up there next time, I'm happy to do that. But, um, I was never a huge bourbon drinker, but I'm guilty of, I love making hot toddies with it. Like, that's, kind there you of- go. And so in the wintertime, I might be guilty of, like, going through, like, I looked up on a Friday and I was like, oh, my God, did I drink half of the bottle of bourbon? <laughs> 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 what a, what a, <laughs> I've
0: even, what I've of even gotten
2: myself hooked on it. Um, it's so, so good. I mean, they've done such a nice job with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were in Hawaii, we we kicked off season two of our show there yep. um, with Ryan and did a big bourbon tasting. And that was a huge hit. Um, and Ryan introduced us to, I think a couple of different versions that they were maybe testing out like a rye or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Like yep. Yep. Yes. Um, so, and so yeah. Yeah. It, Cause he sent the picture and I immediately texted him and I was like, how do I get that?
2: I Ryan, know. Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> so, and Ryan's- um, it's been a huge hit. He's done a great job with it. I, we love it. I mean, down here, you can barely, I know if we even, if I can even get my hands on it, I have people just like flocking us to get it. So
1: that's that's, that's, that's it's it's really cool we and we were we were really lucky that we kind of met you know Ryan and your dad right right when it started and it's yeah. been right. really cool to kind of see how that the whole brand and Ryan's is, is phenomenal at he's at awesome this. yeah i there's
2: there's nothing you know would
1: there's a lot of stigmas around celebrity whiskey out there and Ryan's such Yates, a good job there's on
2: a guy that played football and i'm trying to think of his name i'll think of it and he's been going around the horse shows and he's trying like he tried to do a tasting and stuff and i'm like oh like that's good but you don't <laughs> have anything on brashaw bourbon like <laughs> i'll give you props for trying but it's you know, i i with you though there's so many people that try to just make a a whether it's to keep even a spirit or something but his is truly and that's what i tell people i'm like it's not just a celebrity tying their name on an alcoholic you know an alcohol it is literally that good you know what i mean like it's oh so so good
1: and and it was funny because his story about how he talks about it and and how he wants (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry we just had a big flashback it was a really i I had a fight i think we all had the flashback moment like he it was so fun to listen to and one of the things that we get a kick out of is is people that make it or have a whiskey brand or whatever they do and there's stories behind it um mm-hmm. and you know you're probably tired you've heard your dad's stories like 7 million times but mm-hmm. it was just so cool to listen to the story and how he came up with it
0: yeah how passionate and, he was and how passionate That's, he was not just something yeah. went I can make money off this put my name on it yeah,
2: yeah. he's exactly. actually involved yeah. in the brand. Yeah, I was getting it too, you know so many people they just want to slap their name on it cuz they're a celebrity but he he's truly so passionate about this brand i've seen my dad start, he's started, he's always been an entrepreneur outside of Fox and football and his horse business. He is so smart is what I tell people. He's, he's truly a a business genius. And the one thing that has been so neat to me to follow on his journey with this is how passionate he is about it. You know, going out to like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like when they chose the barrels, Mm -hmm. I said, like how, and all of
0: that.
2: He sat there and he tasted it and tasted it and tasted it and they got it down. You know, Ryan was telling me, I mean, his, he was so adamant. Like "I, I want it to taste like this and I don't like this taste because of X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, and that's one thing I tell people he's put so much thought and passion into this bourbon. Um, and it's, it's not just a celebrity that put their name on a bottle. It's, it's truly something that, him and Ryan have done hours and hours. I mean, I don't know how many trips he's taken on his plane to um, Kentucky to taste it and do all of that. And that's, it just shows the passion behind it. And I think that's- He's very
1: engaged. Really enjoy it,
2: you know, because- Yeah,
1: that's why it's so successful. Yeah, because he's a hands-on person. Whereas a lot of people just throw a label out there and they don't care if the product is good. It's just, that's, that's the name people will buy it for that. And and yeah. that's so different on this. Uh, and I, a lot of people, I think, are starting to see that, especially in the whiskey community, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Because um, you know we we it's, got that in the beginning, right? We're like, hey, y'all should try this. And they're like, it's a celebrity whiskey. And I'm like, listen, I'm telling you right now, we drank it, like it, we, we were, drank we three were guilty.
0: We we drank. well we were well but we tried it. I mean, we're open minded. We didn't know, right? Yeah, but we no, were I, know. You know,
2: I mean, when I first saw him come out with it, I was like, oh, okay, like you put your name on a whiskey bottle. Like I didn't really understand the in-depth and and how in-depth it had gone myself. And then when I started kind of like spending time with him and then I met Ryan, I was like, Oh my God, like, this is like really, they have put science and research behind this. And there is a lot that they have done to go into this, to make it, you know,
1: and now you're the girl that drinks half a bottle with hot toddies on a Friday. We've yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come. We've all grown so much in the last year. Look at this. Thanks, COVID.
0: <laughs> and it's actually made my hometown, so that's an even better bonus. Yeah, they've gotten
2: in a lot of different places, which is really, really cool.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's really good. We're really excited. Um, and I know this is, and it got you on because I know this was really cool for everybody. No, to, I'm sorry, do. it got
2: really dark. We have these terrible thunderstorms coming. Oh, out. it's all right. I just feel like it got so dark in here. Can y'all still see me? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah we still can still see weird. fine.
1: Do, do, does the sun ever stop shining in Texas, or just
2: uh, we? So last night we got storms bad. It blew all of our pool floats almost to the front of the ranch, and it, the wind shook the house to the point it knocked the decor off of the office I'm sitting in. I've got like wow. the ground I have to rehang, um, uh-huh. and her baseball size hail. Oh boy! (laughs) We've had nothing but rain, and then honestly, this afternoon it let up, which is nice. But we've had terrible storms. So, but it still love Texas. Yes.
1: (laughs) Well. We're really thankful that you came on. Thank you for giving us this time and giving us the insight because that was really cool. I know I yeah, didn't know anything yeah. about it, but I'm also a dummy when it comes to a lot of, things, I didn't know this but. had
0: me working parts. So thank and, you. And,
1: and yeah. and really that ties it together. I know a lot of people that listen to this and love the industry and stuff are going to, are going to really appreciate it too. So um, thank you so much for your time, Aaron. And uh,
2: absolutely. You thank can, you guys so much for having me.
1: Yeah. You can follow her on Instagram. It's E 12, right? Yep. God. It's get, good.
0: Get it. it's not she, mean, she was giving you that out. Was was like, like, don't mess this up. So, I mean, yeah.
2: Easy. Easy. E Bradshaw twelve. So. And
1: then and make sure you uh, you watch the Bradshaw bunch season two on E coming up. It's going to be released in the fall.
2: Um. I think they're going to try to start in August. So. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. So okay. So so not...
2: season two. We've got sixteen episodes coming this year versus the ten we had last year. Um, and we have some really fun things, and we kick off season two with Bradshaw Bourbon. So there you
1: go, in Hawaii,
2: episode
1: one. Yeah, <laughs> that, so we'll I mean, we'll definitely be watching that. So again, thank you so much, and uh, and good luck uh, in your shows this year. And uh, remember, a, a bourbon with friends can change the world. As always, the bourbons highlighted on this podcast will
0: feature in the show notes. Tune in next time for another episode of Bourbon with Friends.